Hello, Sincerely Human listeners. We have some exciting news to share. One of Human Group Media's podcasts, Finding Humanity, has just been nominated for the 2022 Webby Awards and has been singled out as one of the five best podcasts in the world for public service and activism. But we need your help. The Webby People's Voice Award winners are chosen by listeners like you. So take a minute to vote for Finding Humanity at webbyawards.com. The link is in our show notes. Voting closes on April 21. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support. This season of Sincerely Human is sponsored by the Riley Sway Foundation. Through community-focused programs, Riley Sway inspires teens to lead with empathy and kindness. From connecting student leaders to awarding grants for projects that amplify kindness in local communities, Riley Sway Foundation equips the next generation of leaders with the tools they need to make a positive impact in the world. Please stay tuned for Kindness Calling, our post-script segment featuring the remarkable teens from Riley Sway Foundation. In any movement, in any struggle, the ancient wisdom is that you listen most closely to the voice of youth and the elders. If we're not listening to the youth who see their future, and if we're not listening to elders who understand and have seen how things play over time, there's no chance of success. And so there's no struggle that can succeed without youth. You're listening to Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action from the lens of today's most inspiring humans. Camila Rente, CEO of Human Group Media, and your host. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Abigail Dillon, or Abby for short. Abby is the president of Earth Justice. Earth Justice is a nonprofit public interest law organization. For half a century, the organization has provided top tier legal representation in cases aimed at protecting our environment and people's health. I grew up as a little girl in a house that had been developed on what had been farm lands. That place was in the Central Valley in Sacramento, California. It was a time where kids were allowed to go ride their bikes and do whatever they wanted for hours at a time. And I think I had the sense of this big upheaval and transition because there were lots and lots of lands that were just being converted into housing developments. And I think it stuck with me, that sense of, are we actually planning what we're doing? Is California really planning this from the standpoint of what will work over time to support our natural systems? As she went on to law school, Abby continued to reflect on this. There, Abby learned how our loss impact the environment. Around the same time, scientists were starting to recognize the reality of climate change. The first real signs that climate change was underway became so apparent. And at the same time, there were moves afoot to build an entirely new fleet of coal-fired power plants that would have been our source of energy for the next 50 years. And that intersection of recognizing that climate change was actually happening, it wasn't a, a future problem, and then recognizing that the United States was about to make an investment that would preclude 
us from making progress in time. It kind of radicalized me. It transitioned my thinking into the energy world. And that was the start to a real fixation on climate change. Abby decided to apply for a summer internship at Earth Justice. And it was this really fast education over the summer about how a small group of people actually can impact really big decisions. And we were at that point, I think three or four lawyers working out of a small house in a small town and yet working on issues of national importance. And it just opened my eyes to the really powerful lever that we have with our laws in this country that give people like you and me, if we have a stake in the problem, we can get ourselves before the court, present the facts that we know have to be considered and hold our federal government to account and hold polluting industries to account. And I got a glimpse of that and I decided that's what I wanted to do with my life. Abby transitioned to full-time employment at Earth Justice as soon as she graduated from law school. She has been with the organization ever since. We're a nonprofit, public interest, environmental law organization. And what that means is we represent hundreds of clients from big national groups like the Sierra Club or the Natural Resources Defense Council to really small community-based groups that are organizing to protect their neighborhood. 600 clients as we speak with as many cases and we work always for free and we work across a really broad scope of issues, climate and energy, healthy communities, you know, what toxic exposures we have, how can we keep our air clean and our water clean? Earth Justice is working on the suite of issues to keep people and our planet healthy. Over two decades into her career, Abby has learned a valuable lesson. I think the biggest challenge in doing mission-driven work for me is that to do it well, you need to go deep and understand the whole system that's driving the harm that you are trying to address. And it engenders a feeling of overwhelm because these are big systems and it will take time to change them. And there's no one person or no one group that can catalyze the change alone. So there's the sense of knowing and responsibility on the one hand, but an impossibility of full control on the other. And I think the lesson that I've learned over many decades of doing this work is humility. It will take many more people than you, you know, but the amount of impact that you can have, not just yourself, but bringing others in uh, and we have the great advantage of representing others and then helping to build coalitions. And that's the kind of awareness and power that ripples out. But having the humility and patience to recognize that that's how change happens. You can't just do it alone. Even if you feel the responsibility on your shoulders to do so, it's recognizing that's that's not real. At Earth Justice, Abby has also had the opportunity to work with youth climate advocates. We've been privileged to represent many of these youth leaders before the UN seeking to drive climate action through the rights of children. They are taking action in other legal forums with other lawyers. And most of all, I think, making their voices heard in the halls of power. What I love about this generation is it's not giving up 
on civic engagement, which we absolutely need to shift our systems, showing up in Nancy Pelosi's office, making sure that Congress is paying attention to the the voters of the future. I think what youth have done over the last four years has been absolutely fundamental to changing the sense of what is possible on climate in this country. We would not be having a conversation about a Green New Deal or spending on the scale that has even happened already and is still under consideration. We wouldn't be talking about the wholesale social transformation that needs to happen in such a mainstream way without the young people who've popularized not only the ideas, but the necessity in any movement, in any struggle. The ancient wisdom is that you listen most closely to the voice of youth and the elders. And between those two groups, you have the perspective to actually achieve seventh generation protections. And people like me in their middle age are here to hold it down and move things forward. But if we're not listening to the youth who see their future, and if we're not listening to elders who understand and have seen how things play over time, there's no chance of success. And so there's no struggle that can succeed without youth. Abby has come to believe that the youth hold the key to achieving climate justice. I'll take Los Angeles as an example. Los Angeles a few years ago was at a decision point. Were they going to use coal-fired power to power the city? Or were they going to use gas? Or were they going to commit to being a 100% clean energy city? And if Los Angeles can do it with all their cars and people, any city can, right? So, you know, in the world where we think nothing will ever change, Los Angeles would have made one of the two bad choices. Youth got together in Ventura County and said, we are not going to stand for any more gas plants, new gas or new gas pipelines in our community. We're getting sick from fossil fuels and we see what the future requires. Some of this infrastructure had already been approved. And I'm not kidding you, this group of amazingly organized youth, not huge group at all, with some help from Earth Justice, with some help from Sierra Club, were able to go and stop the pipeline, stop the gas plants. And those were the last. The mayor of LA, the city council said, that's it. We're not going to think about this anymore. And they fed into a larger effort that other groups were fighting. We stopped two more gas plants. LA is on its way to 100% clean energy. For Abby, efforts like these demonstrate the role that kindness plays in the fight for our climate. If we are truly thinking about building a just society that not only takes down the emissions, gets us off fossil fuels, but also restores the damage that we've done, that is the ultimate kindness. If we can care for this earth together and care for each other, that's a system of kindness. It doesn't mean it's not hard hitting. You know, we're fighting for our lives. And I think that's the power of the youth movement. People who are young understand where they could be when they're my age if things don't dramatically change, if we don't get our um, fossil fuel emissions under control and operate our world very differently. Young people see that. So this is a tough movement. It's a hard movement. It's a clear-eyed movement. It needs to be pragmatic. It needs to invest in 
um, making sure people get out to vote and that we make climate a voting issue. So I don't want to suggest this is a gentle project, but it is fundamentally about holding each other in this only one planet that we have with great care. And I don't think there is a more profound act of kindness than devoting your life to that. To learn more about Earth Justice, head on over to earthjustice.org. In this edition of Kindness Calling, we're sharing the story of Isabella Hansen, an 11th grader from Kenneth Square, Pennsylvania. Isabella is a Call for Kindness fellow and the founder of the I Matter Poetry and Art Competition. So I Matter is a poetry contest on why Black Lives Matter. It gives youth a platform to just speak out on what they think is important. And it just, during quarantine, uh, when it first started, I was just really, all of my feelings about the killing of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, they were all really just bottled up. And I didn't know how to express them. And I was doing poetry in school, and then I was thinking, well, maybe if I combine the two, that could be really good for me. And when that works well for me, I just began to think, well, I wonder if there's other kids that are like going through this too. The top poems and art are made into a book that is distributed to schools and libraries across the country. Here's a poem that Isabella wrote for the book. So this is called Where the Effect. A great man named Nipsey Hussle once said, we're not the cause, we're the effect. The cause is our discriminatory society, a society that grabs and whips us for seeking freedom, one that excludes us from the school books printed to teach us. We've been redlined from housing equality and economic prosperity. As we walk the red carpets at award shows, our people are redlined from categories that we know they should have won. Society praises artists who imitate our black creators. No matter where we turn, our voices and votes are suppressed. Our effect is what we decide to do about it. We can use our platforms to stand up against racism, even when it is inconvenient. We must use our power and leave platforms that disrespect the diversity of our culture. We can use our hard-earned dollars to shop Telfar, Fenty, and Aunt Jackie's curls and coils. So we create jobs in our communities. By taking solid action and staying resilient, we become stronger and build unity. We become the effect. My entire project is based on like advocating for equality in a kind and positive way. And I want to create an uplifting space for these discussions surrounding social justice. Here's how Isabella defines social justice and how she sees I Matter advancing it. I would define social justice as fair treatment and correcting wrong for past injustices. Like this equity needs to be institutionalized and embedded in society at every level. I Matter is uh, able to provide a platform for youth to express and process their feelings on important subjects like surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement. And we just provide like this platform to uplift youth voices, to be heard in public voices, in our books, and just online. Isabella's advice for young leaders who want to pursue and advance social change and impact is to never give up. Someone might think that they are too young to create change, and my response is that to look around at all of the others who did. Like when I was creating this whole like movement, we had a Zoom actually with a local library, 
And someone joined the Zoom and was like drawing on the screen while we were sharing just important work. And I think for some people, that might have been a reason to stop because they're thinking people really don't want me to do this. I'm too young and just all these negative things. But I feel like you can look at things like that and just see it as a way to see, wow, this is what I need to change. This is what I need to move past and just change. To learn more about iMatter, head on to nationalyouthfoundation.org. Links are in our show notes. That's it for Kindness Calling. Thanks again to our podcast sponsor, Riley Sway Foundation. Riley Sway empowers young leaders to use kindness and empathy to create meaningful connections and positive change. Apart from the Call for Kindness, a national competition that awards grants to student-led projects, Riley Sway Foundation also pursues its mission through Riley Sway Councils, which connect public and private high schools to inspire teens to lead with empathy and kindness. They also organize youth leadership retreats that connect young leaders from around the country to create meaningful connections and learn valuable leadership skills with their like-minded peers. To learn more about Riley Sway Foundation, please head on over to rileysway.org. Links are in our show notes.